All right. Well, welcome as we celebrate together today the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what Easter is all about. Jesus defeated death, and he rose again on the third day after being crucified. And this truth is at the center of our faith. Now, there are some people who reject sort of Christianity um, because they don't believe that that actually happened. And then there's others that may or may not believe that it happened, but they just don't see what difference it makes to them. And I want to take just a few moments together today to talk about uh, and ask three questions that relate to the resurrection and what it means for all of us. And so that's what we're going to do today. Um, that was the intro. Transition always has some bad jokes. Let me tell you that um, I, I got emailed some bad jokes, and some of them were the same, so I thought maybe it was a sign. I got emailed this joke, uh, and, and so I, I thought, well, okay. Uh, what do you call ten rabbits in a line marching backwards? That's a receding hairline. And, and so, you know, somehow, over, over the course of church history, somehow, the... the, the um, I don't know how it happened, but, but a whole sort of different thing kind of merged its way into this weekend, and that's how you end up with bunnies and eggs and all sorts of other stuff, and I'm fine with all that, but I want to make sure we never forget the main thing. The main thing is that we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, and that's what life is all about. But because I had a bunny joke and I wasn't sure if that one was going to work, I had a couple of backups. What does it mean if the Easter bunny arrives one day late with melted candy? It means he was having a bad hair day. No? Okay. Last one. Do you hear about the rabbit that was raised in a hotel? It was an ingrown hare. Tough crowd. All right. Scripture reading. Here we go. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 7. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stole, stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he's still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Blessed be the word of the Lord. With that verse in mind, I want to ask three questions. The first one is this. Does he live? That's the first question. Does he live? 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says this, verse 17. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we're to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The Apostle Paul says, listen, if Christ has not risen, if this isn't true, then our faith is futile. We're still in our sins. We're lost. We're stuck. And if all we're living it for is this life, we're to be pitied. Um, if it's not true, if it didn't happen, um, we've got big problems. But he goes on to say it is true. Now, some of you are like, okay, that's great, but, but others maybe need a little more evidence. And in fact, there's a lot of evidence that the resurrection is true. Now, you know, we're 2,000 years this side of it. It wasn't videotaped. We don't have those things. But we have a lot of evidence. I want to share with you four quick pieces of evidence. There's a lot more, but just so you have those um, and so that you can think about them if you need to. First evidence we have is that Jesus actually claimed that he would rise from the dead. 
He says it in John's 2, 19, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And so Jesus said this was going to happen. Now you think, well, what's the big deal? It's the Bible. You can say whatever he wants. It doesn't mean anything. Here's the, the reason it's evidence is this, that most people would agree that Jesus made an impact on the earth. Regardless of what they believe about him, if they, they may not believe that he's the son of God or whatever, but you'll hear people say, well, he was a good person. He was a good teacher. He was a very moral person. He helped a lot of people. You know, he was, he was significant in that way. But the issue that goes with that is if he's talking about that he will rise from the dead and he doesn't do it, you have to discount everything that Jesus taught because he was not telling the truth. You can't have it both ways. He said this was going to happen. And so, so either it did happen or pretty much all of what Jesus has said and meant can't be kind of held on to oh, he's a pretty good guy. Um, because he, he wouldn't be. If he said these things were going to happen and he doesn't back them up, then, then you have to question everything that he says. So, fortunately, we believe that it's true, so we can hang on to everything that he says, but you can't have it both ways. Um, another evidence, the tomb was empty. Uh, they couldn't produce the body of Jesus. Now, you, you, let me tell you that they wanted to stop Christianity. They wanted this thing to stop. That's why they had him crucified. If they could have produced a body, it would have stopped it right there in its places. They would have done everything they could have to produce the body of Jesus. They couldn't. It wasn't there. They couldn't. Think about it. It would have stopped it right there on the spot. But they could never produce it. Now, some have tried to say, well, um, over time, you know, well, Jesus didn't really die. Uh, he just swooned, is what it said. He sort of passed out, and they put him away, and then he came back to life. But, but that would, you know, just totally belie what, how tragic and horrendous the crucifixion actually was. That couldn't have happened. Um, other people say that the disciples stole the body and hid it somewhere else. But the problem with that is all of the disciples would ultimately die for their faith in pretty horrific ways. Why would they die for a lie like that? wouldn't make any sense. And so, so you have that. They couldn't ever find the body. Third, there's this dramatic change that happens in the disciples that we have to account for. Remember, they're all hiding in the upper room. We, we read that, we sang that song earlier about he's alive. They're all, they're, they're scared. They don't know what's taking place. Jesus, they watched him die. They're hiding. Um, you know, they're, they're thinking they better go back to fishing, most of them, but they're too afraid to walk outside. And yet something happens to them in a very short period of time that they go from hiding into boldly proclaiming Jesus Christ to the world around them and starting the church on its mission. What happens? They see the resurrected Jesus and everything changes in them. Something changed them. It was the resurrected Jesus. And then, fourth little one. There were numerous eyewitnesses to this event. Eyewitnesses are one of the most powerful evidences that there are uh, in a court of law. An eyewitness is a fantastic thing to have going for you. If you have eyewitnesses, let me tell you, there are hundreds. The Apostle Paul writes this, 20 years after the event of the crucifixion and resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom who are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also. Over 500 people were eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And most of them, he says, are still alive 20 years later. He's writing to skeptics. He says, if you doubt this, there's all sorts of people you can go and find who witnessed it. Go and talk to them. We have eyewitnesses, hundreds of them who were around to see that this event took place. Jesus defeated death and he rose again. The resurrection is a truth 
It's something that we can count on. It's at the center of our faith that Jesus is alive. Now, second question, then, well, what difference does that make? What difference does it make? Great. What, what, what difference does it make? Here's the problem. All of us have an issue. All of us have an issue in life, and the issue is sin. All of us have sinned, and our sin has separated us from God. Sometimes we like to think, oh, my sin wasn't that big a deal, or it's just little sins, or it's not great big sins. It doesn't matter. Sin is sin. All of us has done it, and sin separates us from a perfect and holy God. Isaiah 59, 2. Your iniquities, your sins, have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. Sin separates us from God. We can't work our way back. We can't earn our way back. We can't perform our way back. We can't decide from now on I'm just going to be nothing but good because unfortunately, and there's nothing wrong with good. Good is a good thing, but good is not perfect. And, and God is perfect. And, and, and so he, he can't be in the presence of sinful people, and that's all of us. And, and so we have an issue. We're stuck. We're trapped outside of the relationship that we desperately want to have with God. Paul, remember I read in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile because you're still in your sins. You're stuck. You, you're, you have an issue. We all do. We're separated from God. But Christ has been raised. We looked at the evidence for that. And so because of that, we no longer have to be trapped in the condemnation of our sins, we can be reconciled to God. That means our relationship with Him can be restored in Christ. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Jesus made a way. He died and then defeated death so that we can be reconciled to God. Not only can we have our relationship restored with Him now, but we can have it restored forever. John 11.25 Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You will live on in him. This body will go away eventually, but you will live on in Christ forever if you believe in him. Which brings up question number three, the biggest question of all. I called it the other day the $64,000 question, and then I realized that reference is just for people my age and older. So, <laughs> big question. Does he live in you? This is the big question, guys, at Easter. Does he live in you? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 13.5, Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. See, see, this is the whole deal. Um, God has made a way for us in Christ to be reconciled to Him now and forever. He's taken on our sin. He took it to the cross, and, and He took it there, and He died there, and He covered it. So that, that in Christ now, God can see us as whole and holy in Christ. He sees us in the perfection of His Son, not in our own mess. Our part in that whole deal is just accepting and receiving and believing what took place. That's, that's how we get there. And, and that's when we know that we're alive with him now and forever. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. See, see, this is the heart of the celebration of Easter, the resurrection of what we do. It's all about what Jesus has done for us so that we can have life in him now and forever. 
And the big question is, have you made that life available to yourself? Have you responded at some point, confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus has in fact raised from the dead? Have you invited him to be the Lord and Savior of your life? Paul says, you know, test yourself. You should know that Christ lives in you because that's where we find life. So here's what I want to do. Just a second. I want to make sure that we're all there together. And so I'm going to ask you, if, you've, if you're not certain or if you've never prayed a prayer, I want to pray that prayer with you today. In just a moment, not now, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a minute, not yet. And then in that posture, I'll, I'll ask you, if you've never prayed that prayer, if you want to make sure, and you'll pray that prayer with me, I'll ask you in a moment to put your hand in the air. That'll be between me and you and God so that we can pray a little prayer. I won't call you up or call you out or anything else. I just want to make sure on this Easter that we are all celebrating the life that he's come to give us together. So, so if you would, just for a moment, I know it's not really comfortable, we'll keep it real short. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? And would you say, uh, you know, if you can say, you know what, Steve, I want to pray that prayer today with you. I want to know, I want to make sure, I want to have life with Jesus now and forever. If that's something you'll pray with me, would you just slip your hand in the air and you say, I'll pray that prayer. Okay, good. I see your hands coming up. Good, 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 good. Okay, you can put your hands down. Let's all pray together this prayer. Families, pray things together. Father, please forgive me. Repeat after me. Father, please forgive me of all my sins. And Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And if you prayed that prayer today, you celebrate this life now and forever in Jesus because he lives life for you will never be the same because he lives you no longer need to be afraid because he lives you can live this life with hope a now and forever life that goes on with him forever and ever because he lives hey there's an old hymn like that I know I don't want to throw you guys off but you know it's because he lives do you know that hymn I do can you guys can you can I you think throw we'll have to like throw something go together the I want to end with that See, it's in the iPad good. yeah you'll just A would be fine. Because he lives. Why don't we stand and sing this? I can face tomorrow because he
is tomorrow because he and keep you may his face shine upon you may he be gracious to you and give you peace and go today in the peace the power and the love of god god bless you all thank you for being here have a great resurrection day breakfast to we in the back we'll see you soon ministry team will head over there if you need prayer god bless you guys have a great day